This is Multinew Media. Hi there, everyone. I'm Chase Raz, the host of Multi-New Media. Before Christopher Woodward joins me to go forward with this episode, I want to take a couple of moments and introduce the topic of giving technology as a gift. I know that a lot of media outlets talk about this relentlessly this time of year. I want to take these next few moments to explain why here at Multi-New Media we're going to a little bit deeper of a level of understanding of this topic, why it matters to us, how it helps us connect to other people beyond blind consumerism. And the week that this episode airs, episode 57, it's going to be Thanksgiving week in the United States. Now, what that means for most people is that we're going to spend a lot of time with family and friends. It means that we're going to eat way too much poultry, but for a whole subsection of our population. It's also going to be peak shopping season of the year. Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, is the busiest shopping day of the year most of the time in the United States. Now, realistically, we've seen the trend change and that that really happens on a particular Saturday in December. However, we still don't want to take the throne away from Black Friday. Black Friday is such an institutionalized system that we've expanded the sales and the discounts and the deals to last all week. Sales will begin online on Monday before Thanksgiving. And they won't end, not until after Black Friday, but until Christmas time, until New Year's. That's how ingrained this one massive shopping event has become to our culture. Now, we're coming off of the heels now of Singles Day in China. And yes, Singles Day is exactly what you think it is. It was about four lonely college students in China in the mid-1990s who decided to accidentally create a brand new holiday to make themselves feel better for being lonely college students. It's now the largest commerce and e-commerce day for retail in China. We're coming off yet another record-setting Singles Day. What is in store for Black Friday here in the United States? That's something we're going to take a look at in December once some of the numbers are in. Maybe after the holiday season in general next January. But for now, we're going to use the knowledge that we know that many of you are going to be shopping for yourselves, for your family, for your friends, for your co-workers even. And we want to give you a little bit of assistance. We're going to help understand not only what folks are looking for this year, But some of the general guidelines for giving technology as a gift. How do you pick something that's arguably personal? The bottom line is this. You can scour the web and see all sorts of tech buying guides for the holidays. Most of them are just trying to peddle commercialism at you. We want to take a different approach. We want to take a look at the commercialism that's bound to happen, but get to the true spirit of why it happens. Sure, buying somebody a product whether it's a family member or a coworker, buying them a product does not necessarily indicate, yes, I think about you, you're on my mind, I care about you. Commercialism is simply a symbolic substitute 
We use it to provide happiness to someone, to give them something of value, something of use, in order to symbolize the value, the utility, the happiness that these people bring into our lives. Maybe a hug would go a lot further, but we know the realities. We know the fun that people have in this shared consumerism, in this shared gift giving. It creates a system of revelry that we can all enjoy in our workplaces, in our families, and in our closest of social groups. That being said, buying technology for someone can still be intimidating. What if it's not useful to them? What if they don't like it? What if I get the wrong thing? Join me and Christopher Woodward in just a moment, and we'll go through some of these topics. We want your holidays and your end-of-year festivities to be full of technology. So whether you're apprehensive about what type of technology to buy for someone in your life, or whether you're just really excited for what this year has to offer, join us. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome to episode 57 of Multi New Media. And today, Christopher Woodward and I are going to be talking about the holidays and specifically the types of technologies that float into our lives at the holidays. Right, Christopher? Yes, it is the gift giving season. It is time to, to share uh, and, and bring forth great joy from the nerds in your life by bestowing upon them some really cool tech gifts. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about what some of those gifts are, and we're also going to talk a little bit about some of the etiquette of giving technology because there's a lot more under the surface. Have, have you ever been given a technology gift and you were super excited? Oh, definitely. I, I mean, if you want to go way back old school, I mean, I remember getting my Atari 2600 if you want to talk about a technology <laughs> gift uh, and just being over the moon about it as a child. Uh, you know, there's something fun about it. There's something fun about getting something that, you, you know, you take it out of the box, you start playing with it, you see what features it has. Uh, yeah, it's it's great getting tech gifts. And it's enjoyable, even as an adult now. Have you ever had it go the other way, where someone's given you a tech gift and you just kind of, oh, you, you don't know how to tell them, but they just missed the mark? Uh, it's difficult. I come from that school of, you know, smile and nod and don't actually, you know, say that, boy, this is just really bad. Well, um, I think... The worst. Of I course, ever got it's it's was, the thought that counts. It is. Someone once gave me a. Uh, it was a sleep machine. It mm. had like the sounds of crickets. You get the heartbeats. You get the ocean waves. But this was like an old school, not very well thought out version. It had like three <laughs> different sounds, and I didn't find any of them pleasing. And I'm somebody who likes quiet when I sleep. I don't really want. The sounds of nature surrounding me. That's why I, I sleep in a house. Well, so. and it's, it's that type of experience where somebody means well and they really they they know your personality and they're trying to give you a gift. But what I want to focus on, just just as sort of a minor note within this episode, is I know a lot of people have an anxiety in giving somebody a tech gift because of this issue. They feel like somebody won't appreciate the gift or they won't you know, be able to utilize the gift. And I think uh, throughout today's episode, we can throw a few uh, bits of wisdom in there about how to go about both receiving and giving tech gifts and, of course, what those gifts are. Absolutely. Uh, so should we start with an actual gift? Let's do uh, it. The, I'm going to start with the, the top one on my list. And, and this gift, uh, it's actually two gifts. 
two gifts in one, but no, it's not really. Hey, that's um, good. Nobody's it, ever complained it, about that. It's a generic. It's a generic version, and I guess I'm I'm gonna get into the specific versions too here. Uh, I'm talking about these voice-activated speakers that people are going to be having in their homes or offices. There's, you know, the Amazon Echo. Amazon uh, Echo, which, which plays all your music from your apps. Google has one now, right? Uh, and that's the other one, Google yeah. Home. So you have, you know, again, Amazon Echo can answer questions for you using its its Alexa voice service, uh, and also you can set up the Amazon Echo to control the lights in your house you can actually hook it up to your thermostat when you want to raise or lower the heat the air conditioning uh it's compatible with samsung so that's the amazon echo and in the google home version very similar also you know we'll play your music your podcasts and whatnot from spotify and also play youtube for you uh it also do the ask google uh you know uh, questions real-time answers to questions Again, tell you your traffic, things like that. Uh, it would also connect with other devices, uh, including uh, devices from Philips, so you can you know control your lights, adjust your temperature too. So again, uh, much like you have different options when it comes to phones, you have different options when it comes to these voice-activated you know super speakers, uh, and they're for the most part, I think, very reasonably priced. Uh, you know, around the hundred and thirty, hundred and fifty dollar mark for some of these, and there's even I guess smaller versions now that have less features to them, uh, yeah, but to me this is are. this is like the the Simpsons episode with the automated home starting to come to life, and uh, I see this as being a very very popular gift for a lot of tech people this coming holiday season. I think so, and we'll want to talk about who these are for and what type of a person may be interested in these, but yeah, the price point here ranges quite a bit, so if you're looking at Amazon's Echo product, this is really the first, um, well, maybe not the first in the market, but the first main entrant into the market, the first big player, and the Amazon Echo will run you about $180 for the regular edition. Um, That's more than most of the competition. But that's also the high-end sort of flagship from Amazon. Google comes in with Google Home at about $120, $130, somewhere in there. But when we look down uh, Amazon's line, we see, let's see, the Amazon Tap for $129, just like Google Home. And we see these small ones that everybody keeps calling a hockey puck they, because they look like yeah, one. So <laughs> the Amazon Echo Dot. They're $49.99. We ought to just call it $50. So lots of different price points. And I think um, the real question is, you know, we as as tech people know whether we want something like this or not. How can we help folks out there who wants this type of technology? Well, I think what you want to do, first of all, is look at how people, and and this is kind of a, a rule here, look at how people use their other technology. If you have someone who really only uses their phone to make phone calls and send a text message, chances are they're not going to embrace this kind of technology as much as someone who is constantly using their phone for voice-activated commands and is more into different apps. And you know, this is the person that uses their phone as a remote control and uses the phone to check their home security system. Mm-hmm. So look at how a person uses their phone. Chances are the more involved they are with their device there, that level of involvement, is the level of involvement they're going to bring to these home speakers. Uh, you know, again, you're going to have the person who heavily involved in their phone. They're the person that's going to set up their echo or their, their system to control the lights, to control everything in the house. A person who 
only uses their phone to, you know, again, make a phone call or send a text message, chances are they're probably only going to use these devices for, you know, listening to music in the house. You know, play music, stop music. That's going to be about the extent of it. So that would be a person maybe you get the hockey puck for. Right. Um, I would definitely say that that's a good barometer. How involved are they with their phone? That's how involved they're probably going to be with this home device. Yeah. So if you're really, um, if the person you're buying for is really into um, Android, and they use an Android phone, then you're probably going to want to lean a little bit towards the Google Home side of things, even though it's a newer, less tested product. Um, Google's saying that those are available online at Best Buy, at Walmart, and Target. Interestingly enough, Target also carries most of Amazon's line of goods, not just Google. I know in my local Target, I can find um, the uh, Echo devices that we're talking about. We can find Fire tablets, the Fire TV sticks, all sorts of things. Um but yeah, if you're if you're locked into the Android ecosystem and somebody really likes to use Google now, maybe uh, the home product is better for them. But for most other people, and I think this is for everybody, even if you don't think you would be likely to use voice interaction with a device, it surprised me the first time I ever tried, not with one of these devices, but something else. It surprised me how intuitive and natural it feels. So if you're a little bit questionable, lean towards that Echo Dot, the Amazon Echo Dot at the $50 price point, but this is really a general interest that a lot of people uh, are at least interested in trying. Definitely. I think this is one of those items that, you know, as you, as you go to the higher-end stores, uh, they're, they're doing demos and whatnot. You're going to see people playing with it and checking it out and seeing what it can do. And again, it, it's that first step towards, a, a, you know, to use an old-school cartoon reference, or a Jetsons world almost. So even better, though, because the Jetsons, they always had to press the button. This time you just have to say things. Yeah, just say it. So what's up next on the list? Well, now I'm, I'm going to flip over to the other side. I'm going to go a lot uh, more inexpensive and a lot less revolutionary. In fact, I'm going to go throwback here. And this has already become one of the hottest sellers of the holiday season. And this is the NES Classic Edition. Aren't they um, sold out still? They are sold out in a lot of places. They're backordered already. Um, this, again, is a miniaturized version of the old Nintendo Entertainment System, the classic Nintendo, uh, preloaded with uh, a ton of games, more than 30. I forget exactly how many because I don't have one yet, but I would like one if anybody's listening to this. Uh, but it's got <laughs> yeah, all the old We all would. They're sold out. The, all the old school games, Pac-Man and Super Mario Brothers and, and Zelda and Donkey Kong, uh, they were charging $60 for this. $60 retro console. 30 Nintendo games loaded in. Um, it's interesting because, you know, Sega Genesis has issued a similar product. Atari, uh, the old school Atari uh, games, a similar product. But as well as those items did, they didn't do too, too shabby at all retail-wise. No. This one just hit the right nerve. I think it hits the right generation of, you know, uh, gener- Gen X and, and maybe even, like, the, older millennials. Yeah, the really older millennials and, and most of Gen X are, are Gen on X. this. But, you know, I think the Nintendo product is going to help the Sega and the Atari because they're a lower price point. I, I think I want to say they're $40. And yeah. um, since the Nintendo is sold out and everybody's attention seems to be there, you know, if you're really looking for kind of a fun time and a throwback and you can't get the, the NES Classic, um, which, by the way, don't worry, it's not as big as the original NES. It looks like it, but it's a mini, uh, miniature version. 
uh, you'd pick up maybe uh, uh, the Sega Genesis or the Atari uh, model and, and have a little bit of a throwback holiday party, if you will. So I don't know if I'm too upset that the Nintendo one is not available. Um, I think it would be great. I think it's a great thing for anybody's collection. But like you said, Sega and Atari are also available at a lower price point. And this is... I, I see this as a really good thing for a lot of folks. You talked about Gen Xers and the older millennials who remember this. But I'm also thinking about families that can't afford some of the newer gaming systems. That kids want to jump in and play some video games. And maybe you're talking um, you know, younger kids who aren't you know, all clamoring to play Halo. Um, and, and similar games like that, if you're really just looking for an immersive experience um, and you can't afford a three $400 console, this is at least a start to get something in your home that gives that type of experience for the whole family. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. So many people are looking to, you know, you mentioned younger, the younger generation. You know, when it comes to children and video games, um, you know, the Xbox and the PlayStation has... In, in some ways, I don't want to say alienated because they haven't really alienated that market yet, but they're pushing for the older gamers. They're Absolutely. pushing for the hardcore online gamers now. They're pushing with more adult titles, more you know mature titles, whereas parents of children really – you know, the only systems targeted to them was the Nintendo Wii U, which, of course, they're now ending production on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the new Nintendo product won't be out until I think March, or is it May or March? I think it's March. Um, so, if you're a parent of younger children, and you know, Call of Duty is not the demo, the game you're going to buy them. Uh, this is something you can get for that five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old. And again, who's their parent? Well, their parent is probably a Gen Xer. Mm-hmm. Who played these games as a kid? So again, a family product, and it's also this is really a growth of something we saw many many years ago now with uh, the the plug and play series. Uh, yes, you know, exactly. Controller units that came with you know it was an RCA plug that would plug in, and usually I think most of them were loaded. I had one of them at one point, two of them. They were loaded about five games. So this is a growth of that. Now instead of paying you know twenty five thirty dollars for five games, you're paying sixty dollars. You're getting 30 games, um, and again, it's just I think this is going to be another one of those once it's back in stock, big holiday sellers. And I agree with your point. For those that can't find it or can't wait to get it, they're going to go pick up that Sega Genesis or that Atari system. Because I mean, hey, Sonic is a great game, no matter which way you slice it. I mean, I know we all want to play some Mario Brothers, but Sonic's good too. True. Nothing wrong with the Hedgehog. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I want to digress for a moment, and um, it, nobody knows this story but us. But if anybody's interested in the history of multimedia, uh, the Wii U is one of the first products we really came um, together around, Christopher, you and I did. And uh, for those folks that don't know out there, when the Wii U was announced, we thought it was such a silly name. We came up with like a little bumper sticker or a shirt or I forget what it was. And our first venture, well before the podcast, well before the site, well before anything else, we got kicked out of I forget what marketplace it was because they said we were violating um, the copyright of Nintendo. But of course, we were doing it as um, oh, what's the legal term where you're making a, um, a derivative work? Uh, Parody. Yeah, ju- thank you. Just a little bit of history, if anybody cares. Uh, what's funny about that is, is that I can say this on the podcast only because uh, my children won't hear this. Uh, <laughs> Ever. I'm, ha, ha, ha. I, I actually am giving them a Wii U this Christmas. Oh, wow. Good. O- 
only because they have been playing with a old uh, an old Wii, mm-hmm. and they love those old Wii games so much that I said, you know what, I got to get them a system that they can play all those old Wii games on. Right. So I, I'm probably going to be the last man to purchase a Wii U unit in the United States. You know, States. I don't I don't think so because Nintendo has a very diehard following. Before I came to the dark side and jumped on with the Xbox, I was I was in that group of I really like the fact that one Nintendo console would carry over to the next. Um, you know, I mean, think about the Wii uh, itself. You could play GameCube games on there still. And uh, I, I really like that. And I, I don't think you're going to be alone. I would imagine that there... It, I'm sure there's not a big rush on uh, Wii U units right now, but I would imagine there is a, a minor rush to get them before they're gone. Well, I got my hands on one of them. Because so. Nintendo... <laughs> listen, you may not like one particular console they've made. Maybe it was the GameCube. Maybe it was the Super Nintendo. Maybe it was whatever. But Nintendo makes a, a pretty good product, no matter which way you slice it. And I do think the Wii U is kind of – some of the reviewers kind of gave it a hard time, maybe a little more than it deserved to. Yeah, I think they were a little way – by a little, I mean way too harsh on it because they were – you know, they're trying to compare the Wii U to the the PS4 and the Xbox One, and we're talking completely different market segments. Yep. Again, that's the whole point. They're, they're not – Nintendo realizes they're selling the kids. They're not selling mm-hmm. to adults, really. Yeah, you're selling that whole family experience, and that's where I think these little um, – you know, maybe maybe a 10 or a 15-year-old might think, okay, these games are a little bit dated, but I don't know that a 5-year-old is going to know that. They just know they're spending time with mom and dad and big brother, big sister, whatever, and, and playing video games. Exactly. So now I'm going to go practical, but expensive. Oh, you're hurting we're my talking, wallet already. What is it? it? We're talking, this is a $900 oh, gift. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> too much, too much. It, 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 this is this is the the oh my oh, oh my goodness! I cannot believe you spent that much on this gift moment. It is the iRobot Roomba 980 vacuum cleaning robot. Is that right? really worth nine hundred dollars? It is going for eight ninety nine ninety nine in some places. Whew. Now I know what you're thinking, people. Uh, oh, but it's, va- it's a vacuum. I'm, that's it's, what I'm thinking. It's a vacuum, but. It is a wireless robot cleaning vacuum. And not only does it have the, the will vacuum up almost anything, okay, but the technology is improved. Won't let it fall downstairs if you put it on the second story of your home. You can also schedule to clean while you're away. And it hooks up via an app to your phone. And this is this is the big one. This is the reason why I think the iRobot Roomba 980. For, for the wealthier people listening, is going to be the gift of the season. It automatically goes and recharges itself when it's done. This is a great gift for professionals who are busy, who have disposable income, and who really just need time more than anything else. And I, I love it for that. It, it's literally the – once you get it set up the way you want, with the times you want, the scheduling – and, and, you know, it's wherever you need it to be. The fact that you don't even need to go and charge it at the end of the day or, or night or week or whatever. You don't have to worry about, oh, it ran out of battery power. No, it's going to do everything for you. The only thing you physically will have to do once you have this set up is if you live in a two-story, three-story home, you're going to have to bring it to the other floor. It can't climb stairs 
yet. You know what I'm I'm also waiting for, and I don't know if they do this. I don't think they do, but I want it to also empty its own bag or or however it stores its uh you know the the dust and dirt and hair and everything. I I, I just really wait for this device that can go charge itself, can empty itself, clean itself, all of those things. That's the type of lazy uh, professional that I am. Well, and the great thing is, obviously, once you set this up on a proper schedule, and it has a, a pretty decent capacity, but on a proper schedule, you're not going to have to worry about it overflowing too often because it will be constantly and consistently cleaning, not when you've waited three months and now you decide to go vacuum in. You fill up the vacuum bag pretty fast. Is is this what you're asking for for Christmas? I don't I don't think uh, the show has that type of budget. I was hoping to get it with the Chris Kringle this year at, <laughs> at our at our holiday party, but <laughs> apparently I I'm gonna have to settle for the Nintendo. I guess if we can find it. Yeah, if if we can find it, you you may be settling for a keychain that's in the shape of a of an NES classic. Ooh, that'd be nice. Actually, I wonder do they make those? I wonder if you can get those somewhere. Somebody must have thought that up. I'm sure. If not, this is the voice coming down and telling you, innovate. <laughs> innovate innovate, build. innovate a keychain. I'm, I'm with, with you with, there. With a trademark design that you'll get sued for. Let's, I want to play a little bit of a um, uh, a fun mental game for a moment. You introduced this more expensive uh, product that's very uh, clearly aimed for people who are busy and have an active lifestyle and just need more time. If you were super wealthy... I mean, multimillionaire with millions coming in every year, maybe a billionaire. If you were super wealthy, what would you um, what would you be surprising your family and relatives with this year if money were no object? Money were no object. Mm-hmm. You want the altruistic answer or a wacky answer? No, and you know, and I don't, I don't want you to go and say, "Well, I'll, I'll pay off everybody's debt and this, that, and the other." We'll assume okay. that you're a good, rich person and are doing that for your fr- family anyway. But what's that? What's that thing you're going to do that says, "I want you to have this"? I- I'm thinking everybody gets a car. Yeah, everybody's what? getting a wait, a wait, what type of, of car? Line, a top of the line modern, you know, Cadillac, something Rolls Royce, uh, maybe a classic. I don't know if I go classic or modern actually, but I think I I would start giving out cars and homes and, you know, and probably I would take everyone to, you know, my new Island that I just purchased. (laughs) And we have similar goals there. Wait a second. If you get super rich, does this mean that like somehow we can legally become brothers? Because if you're giving Uh, away cars and houses, Oh, I would give you a car. (laughs) Well, likewise, likewise. I would, give, I would give you somebody's old car that they're going to give up when I give them the new car. So, you know. <laughs> I will take it. I'll, I'll, I'll take eight or nine cars. I'll take anything I can get. I, you know, I think my gift. Um, you know, if again, if I, if I were super just financially stacked, right? I think I would um, take the people I know and uh, convert their homes over to solar power. The whole, you know, couple megawatt array. Megawatt, not megawatts, kilowatts. Yeah, I'm about to say, what's up? <laughs> Sorry, a couple kilowatt array, the whole, you know, Tesla Powerwall, battery backup, all, that whole deal. Just get everybody um, able to go off of the grid. I think that that would be my gift this year if I were um, able to do that. That that is beautiful. That is altruistic and 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 charitable, and you're you're being green, but you're also helping out the people you love. That's almost as cool as getting a car. Oh, it's not as cool as getting a car, but okay, let's get our heads out of the super expensive stuff. Let's go somewhere a little bit more economical. What do we have next? Next up, and and I'm going economical here, 
Um, it's something that a lot more people are starting to use. Uh, people are doing it more often. This is definitely affordable. It actually could be a, a stocking stuffer, an expensive stocking stuffer, I guess. But uh, for, for the low, low price of about $40, uh, the all-new Fire Stick for your TV, the new Fire TV Stick. Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. I put that on my Christmas list this year, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping to receive one of those. Or I'll just know, go buy it in January either way. The ease of use, you know, you just plug it in. All, all TVs now have HDMI ports. You plug it in the port. You can get your Netflix, your Hulu, your Amazon, your HBO Go. Uh, you know, it's uh, the new version is Alexa voice controlled uh, and features up to, you know, you can load 7,000 or 8,000 different apps and games on there. Uh, you know, again, the Fire Stick has become so powerful with so many people cutting the cord, getting away from cable, getting away from satellite packages. More and more people are doing this. And this new version of the Fire TV Stick is awesome. Again, the price point, $40. Of course, you have to have your subscriptions to your services that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, $40. And I think a lot of people are going to give this. This is going to be the gift that we see the younger generation giving to the older generation. And so that makes me the older generation since I've asked for one of those, right? Yeah, but, but I see that happen only because... We have the older generation, oh, I'm, I'm sticking with cable. Why? Because I don't understand all this, how to hook up the computer to the TV and the internet to the TV. Well, now, now, wait a second, though, because I really think if you do still have cable, that this is still a great product to have because a lot of those, um, a lot of the apps that you can put on there are tied to cable subscriptions still. Uh, not all of them have completely allowed you to break free from cable. So there is still a big uh, benefit if you okay. do have cable to having one of these. Oh, yeah, there's definitely a, a portion. But I also think the cable, the cord cutters are going to be big for it, too. So, again, I think they've made it easier and easier technology-wise to understand how it works. Mm -hmm. And now with the voice control, yeah, I see a lot of people getting the, uh, the all-new Fire TV stick. And, again, very reasonable price point here for present. You know, again, that person, you know, there's always that, how much do we spend on them? Well, there's 40 bucks. Right. Uh, not, not too bad. Not too much. Not too little. $40. You don't have any, um, you know, actual TVs on your list here that you're going to touch on, do you? No, I have one more item left. And good. It is, it, well, believe me, it's not a television. It's well, a good. pretty let's, funky item. Let's pause before we get to the funky item because there is something I wanted to say about televisions. I know that the holiday season, all the way from Black Friday to New Year's, uh, even further on into the Super Bowl time of year, yeah. right? When we get into late January, early February, yeah. this is the season for TVs. And because it would be our, uh, or we would be completely failing at our jobs if we didn't do this, I want to pause and help people with their TV purchases for a moment. Yes, 4K is wonderful. It helps make you your TV much more future-proof. But the cost is also higher. There are a couple of things I really want you to know if you're buying a TV anytime uh, now until Super Bowl time. Extensibility is so much more important than the TV being smart itself or the thickness of the device or anything like that. And what I mean by extensibility is, Christopher, you said TVs now have HDMI ports. Almost all of them do. If you're buying a TV for somebody, I know that people like or don't like smart TVs, but the thing is, if you can make your TV smart through an extensible system like this Fire TV Stick, 
To me, that's so much better and so much more future-proof because what happens when you don't like the operating system it's running on anymore or the app collection that's there? You can just throw that plug-in away or recycle it, hopefully, and get whatever's going to work for you at that time. So I really do encourage you, if you're buying a TV for yourself, for your children, for your parents, for family members, for friends, for coworkers, whatever, extensibility, having enough USB ports, Hopefully some USB ports at all. I'd I'd almost expect a USB port on a TV now. And HDMI ports. If nothing else, get those HDMI ports and make sure there is as many as possible. That's so much more important than having a thin TV or having, you know, some type of smart TV. I could not agree more. You need to think of your TV as a monitor that you're plugging other things into and it's being, it's the display uh, I agree. The smart TVs, they, they're charged so much more for these. Mm-hmm. And again, when you can get the same size screen, the same picture clarity, all of those aspects, and then for 40 bucks, buy a fire, boom, you're done. Same thing. So um, I can agree more. I would also say when it comes to TV purchases, and, and, and this is something that, you know, to this day, don't get sucked in by the name sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think I may have even talked about this on a past show at some point. But uh, for those of you that shop at Best Buy and you see their Insignia TVs, that is Best Buy's in-house brand, the Insignia TVs. And in consumer testing, the Insignia-branded TVs perform just as well as the Samsung, as the Sony TVs, so keep that in mind if, if you're a Best Buy. Obviously, you're only going to find Insignia brand at Best Buy. But when you're at Best Buy, if you're really just looking at, you know, oh, I want to get a you know 40-inch TV and the Insignia brand ends up being uh, $170 less, do yourself a favor. Pick up that Insignia brand. You'll, you'll save that money and then yeah. you can put that money towards buying your Fire Stick or your Hulu subscription or whatever else you're going to get. You know, we don't we don't promote a lot of other services on this show, but I would say um, feel comfortable. Just go over to Consumer Reports, and they review almost every single model of everything. And, you know, you can find – I think a lot of people would come back and say, well, I'm, I'm scared about the store brand because, you know, planned obsolescence, it's going to break right after the warranty or faster than the name brand. And you would be surprised. You're going to need to check model to model. Uh, in places like Consumer Reports to figure that out because you you can't really make a blanket assumption that, oh, the store brand is going to fail sooner or it's not as good. I really encourage everybody, heed Christopher's words here, go do the research because sometimes the store brand is so much better at a lower price and other times your fears do pay off a little bit and, and it's a it's a heap of junk. Do your research on it. Go in informed. Check Consumer Reports and other reviewers. I, I think at, you know education is always key. Absolutely. So are you ready for my wacky item? I am. I'm ready for this wacky, I think you said funky before. I'm so confused on what it is. It is. Well, first of all, let me just state, do not buy this for me. (laughs) Because I I believe it only works with, with, with iPhone and I don't use an iPhone. Okay. Me neither. This, this I I didn't even have to say that. Okay. For the low, low price of $149.99, okay. you can get the Nomad Horween Leather Charging Wallet. What? This is for any man with an iPhone. The Norwad Horween, Nomad Horween 
leather chain charging wallet. Basically, instead of carrying around, you know, the spare battery or the little, you know, power tubes for, mm-hmm. you know, your phone. No, 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 no. This is a battery stitched in to a bifold wallet. Okay. Two thousand. So you're basically never getting through airport security. Yes, you got a two thousand four hundred <laughs> battery, or Walt here. Disney World it, for that matter. The wallet also has the usual slot for your cash and your credit cards and things like that. It's got an Apple Lightning cable in there. Okay. okay. And it, again, it's a wallet. It, it's such a non-gadget. It's it's the battery's built into the hinge of the bifold, which makes it a little longer, but not thicker than a normal wallet. So it can fit right into your normal uh, front or back pocket. You even have a slimmer version for those of you that like a little slimmer wallet. Uh, looks like a normal weathered leather bifold wallet, but it's a battery, okay. and it's $150, and it's one of the most ridiculous tech gifts. As much as you're about. picking on it and I'm going to pick on it, I'm not hating the idea. I mean, I'm hating the idea of sitting on a battery. <laughs> that I mean, okay, regular wallets cause enough problems. Anybody who carries a wallet in their back pocket knows and I don't want to hear this stuff. Oh, well, don't carry it in your back pocket. That's just where it goes. It's the best place for me to put the wallet. I don't like the idea of sitting on a battery, but I think that if you're not as big of a guy as I am, and you're kind of light when you're sitting down anyway, you may be able to position yourself and actually have a pretty good gadget here. Um, but I don't know if I would go out and buy this for someone else unless they have specifically requested it. That seems like a very personal decision to want to sit on a battery. <laughs> to sit on a battery for, for your iPhone. There you go. I tried to get through it without laughing while saying sit on a battery, and I couldn't. Um, you know, you, you can I hijack your topic here, just like Absolutely. I did the last one? That was my last gift, so. Uh, I think that if you are really struggling for an office gift, maybe, maybe you're doing Secret Santa, and you pulled the name of somebody who's kind of a, you know, kind of a technophile, if you uh, have a family member that's coming into town that maybe you don't know what to buy for them and they're not normally in town and you don't normally do an exchange or you're doing some type of – I don't even want to say white elephant because everybody calls these things different uh, names. But if I say white elephant, most people know what I'm talking about where you give uh, a gift and everybody ends up with a gift. It's just not the one they brought. No matter what the situation, I think these portable power banks, hopefully not in the form of a wallet because it's a little bit too specific – Portable power banks are really important, especially to younger people. If you know kids who are using tablets all day, their parents get so annoyed at having to charge to these things that having that power bank may really be something that you would think a 16-year-old might not want, but it may get you through with a couple of, you know, a couple of hugs. My suggestion for buying power banks, if you are considering this for an office gift or for someone who's a power user on a tablet or a mobile phone, my big, biggest suggestion is we don't want a lot of electronics um, ending up in the trash, right? In the recycling stream. There are a lot of dangerous chemicals in here. So I want you to get one that's good. Now, good doesn't mean expensive necessarily. But a lot of people who buy, buy these power banks, even for themselves, don't know what they're looking for. What you're looking for this day and age is something that is at least 3,000 milliamp hours. You're going to look for that little MAH. It's going to have some number next to it. And it'll tell you how many milliamp hours that that battery will store. You want at least 3,000. And here's why. The iPhone 7 Plus has a 2,900 milliamp hour battery. 
the Galaxy S7 has 3,000. The Galaxy S7 Edge has a 3,600 milliamp hour battery. And then it goes up from there. Things like the HP Elite have a 4,100 milliamp hour battery. So again, I'm really suggesting take a look at the specs on these. The the higher the the battery storage doesn't necessarily mean a higher cost, especially if you buy online, if you pre-plan this. Uh, so yeah, take a look at it. Make sure you're getting at least 3,000 milliamp hours uh, all the way up to maybe about 20,000. But by then, you're looking at something that looks like a thick credit card and not quite a slimline battery. So I just had to interject that. I think um, a uh, charging wallet is an okay idea, but power banks... A lot of people love those. And for, you know, the younger set, you know, they have, you know, the themed versions and you can get ones that, you know, shaped like an action figure. And for for younger, what do you mean? Everybody loves those. Everybody wants a Batman power charger, right? I don't want Is it Affleck or West? <laughs> well, okay. No, not it, it, West. You'd have to go West. Keaton, maybe. Okay. Well, West, I would buy. I mean, Keaton, I, Keaton's he, fine. Anybody else? What about Kilmer? Know. Uh, Kilmer's only, you know, I, I think the issue with the Kilmer battery is much like the movie. It's only interesting about half the time and then it loses Ooh. its charge. So, Oh yeah. We're, we're, we're sensitive about Batman here. And, um, and of course the, the Clooney battery comes already dead. So, <laughs> Oh God. Wow. Um, other things that people may be looking at, they may be looking at some virtual reality. Right now, if you're if you're buying someone uh, an entry level virtual reality, you can get something that connects to the computer, like the Oculus Rift. You can get the PlayStation VR, which of course only works with the PlayStation. And then most of the things that are on the market right now build up from the phone, if that makes sense. Rather than plugging into your desktop PC, you plug a mobile phone. So you really want to make sure you understand what mobile phone someone is using. If you're planning on getting them as, uh, let's say, a Samsung Gear VR. Well, you really want to know that they use a Samsung phone that's compatible. Google Cardboard, if you go for some of their mo uh, less expensive options, like the $15 actual cardboard headset or some of the other ones that Google sells online, those tend to work with mo most Apple and Android-based phones. Um, that's one I think some people are going to be interested in. Uh, and other things like fitness trackers. Uh, Christopher, would you ever be okay if somebody... I'm not going to do this. Don't 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 be looking under your tree. But would you be okay if somebody else bought you a fitness tracker, or is that too personal of a decision? I think a fitness tracker, maybe if you're the spouse of the person you're purchasing it for. But I, I think once you get outside of of, of the husband wife, uh, you know, or partner relationship, mm -hmm. I, I think once you get past there, I don't really know if you should be buying a person because I, I think. What about like parents, kind of kids? Would you buy one? Would you buy yeah, one for parents, kids, you know, I think, or I mean, also if you have a person who you're, you know, a regular workout buddy with or running buddy with, you know, maybe you have that kind of connection, but I don't see that as being a kind of, you know, Oh, we're good friends. And I heard you like fitness. So I bought you one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, that tends to be a little bit more personal because, you know, folks like us we're we may be a little bit more finicky. Not because the technology is better or worse, but because we like a certain thing being exposed to it so often. You know, I know I lean towards Garmin's, but I know a lot of people who don't like Garmin. Um, and, and in all honesty, the reason I lean towards Garmin is it's closest to what I use. My Microsoft Band, which has been discontinued, rest in peace. Um, right, that, that just seems a little more personal to me. 
What else might people? I don't, and I'm a person who you know I'm a, I I do not use any tech when I run. Other than occasionally I'll use an app just to you know check mileage. You know if I'm looking to do a certain distance, but I do not check my heart rate. I do not check my steps. You don't believe in analytics, do you? I well, no. For me, running is my escape from technology. I can understand that. I'm not going to introduce technology into my time away from technology at this point again the only thing i will use is like a, a very simple you know run keeper type app just to tell me my mileage so i know okay i've hit my three miles or what have you but even that i don't set up to tell me you know each mile i've hit i just know the the finish point so again when it's a personal choice but for me i don't want my tech world invading my, my running world all i know is you started running and it, it encouraged me more to do some running and so i do that but i never well, I won't say never, but I, I think I never want to run with you. No. Now, as bad as that sounds, that's because I know how tall you are. I know how long your legs are, and I'm just—I'm a tall guy, but I can't—I don't think I'm going to be able to keep up. But that's okay because I know a lot of smaller people that outdistance me very quickly. Oh so. well, there's there's hope still, and I'm <laughs> certainly not a, smaller, a, but there's hope. It's a big stride, but it's 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 slow moving sometimes. <laughs> Well, listen, I hope that our episode today has helped someone um, make a decision on what they could get for uh, whoever they're playing Secret Santa for at the office or maybe one of their family members. But before we go, Christopher, is there anything we're forgetting? Is there anything that we're forgetting to talk about? Uh, I think the just remember the one golden rule when you're buying any kind of electronic or tech device. Don't forget the batteries, people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. God, yes. Don't forget the batteries. Was there anything worse as a child than getting a toy that needed batteries and not getting the batteries? And, and granted, it's a little easier today than when, than when we, we were younger. But when I was mm-hmm. a child, stores were not open on Christmas Day. Yeah, and you might not get those batteries until the next time someone went grocery shopping a week later. So please, if you're buying someone, check. Make sure if batteries are not included. Pick up a couple of batteries. Tape them to the side of the gift. Bring you wrap it. Yeah. Well, again, I hope that's helped. Listen, if there's anything we forgot, please get in touch with us. Feedback at multinewmedia.com is our email address. Or you can go to multinewmedia.com and click on the episode 57 page. And towards the bottom of that page, you'll see our discussion board for this episode. If there's anything, anything at all we forgot, please let us know. So for Christopher Woodward and myself, Chase Raz, this has been Multinewmedia episode 57. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.